Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Aaron Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast. My podcast is about immigrants, immigration, and everything in between. Episode 30. We're still here, grinding, learning, and expanding our minds. Speaking of expanding, our community is growing slowly but surely. And for that, I am eternally grateful for you guys. I also appreciate some of you that has been reaching out to me, saying me, saying cool message to me, saying how ins- the podcast is helping you, inspiring, and you know, creating your own artwork. I really do appreciate it, and we should continue doing that. You know, like I mentioned at the top, this is an immigrant's life podcast. If you want to know more about the podcast, or if you want to see cool artworks, pictures, or videos. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at An Immigrant's Life. The podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitchers, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcast. So please go ahead and click that subscribe button and let's keep on going. So it's Mother's Day this Sunday. So I want to say advanced happy Mother's Day to all the moms of the world. I hope you guys get spoiled and enjoy your day. Guys. We all know you guys deserve it. And for the men, we better step up, yo. And if you don't have an idea what gift you want to buy the women in your life, buy them candles. My previous sponsor, Driftwood Naturals, is perfect for that. Plus, they also have soaps now that smells good and feels good. And, you know, all the vegan stuff and good for the, for the earth and good for your skin. So... Go check them out on driftwoodnaturals.ca. Their products are amazing and they're amazing people as well. All right, that takes care of the housekeeping. Let's talk about the episode. Our guest today is one successful entrepreneur. He's very unique because he just doesn't go for the money. He's actually a nice guy. And his story of starting from zero to negative zero to becoming a successful badass dude will definitely motivate you. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a businessman and most importantly, a family man. He used to sling pizza, but now it's just strictly cash. Everyone, please welcome Carlo Taralo. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much for uh, having me here. It's it's an honor to be part of uh, uh, this journey with you. Mm, thank you, and I really appreciate you coming on. It's a pleasure. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so you know, just just quickly, my name is uh, Carlo Tarallo, and uh, as you already know, and probably from my accent, you can hear that. I am originally from Rome. I don't know if the audience can see your background, but that's the Colosseum. Uh, and you know, pretty cool that you do that for all your guests. And I do live in Vancouver, BC. Mm. So, would you like to promote anything before we start? Um, actually, now you know, you guys are gonna find out more about me during this uh, interview. Uh, but I do run a client acquisition agency based in Vancouver, and so what we're doing right now for business owners. We are offering uh, custom tailored free marketing plans to get clients on social media. And we do that for them for free. Uh, we just send them a questionnaire, they fill it out. And then after 10 business days, we get together with the team. Uh, we create the marketing plan and we send it their way so that they can grow their business no matter at what point they're at. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So you, you told me you like reading. What genre of books do you like reading? Oh, that's a good one. So I, as you can see, I've got my uh, library in the background. I don't know if viewers or, or listeners are going to see that, but mm. I do enjoy uh, a lot like nonfiction business books, uh, you know, business, marketing, finance, biographies, um, some historical books mm. where I can learn more about, you know, the leaders of you know, in the history about what they actually did because they were like truly in war with the enemy, right? Mm. And not just, you know, competitors in business. So it's, 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 you know, it's pretty fascinating to learn uh, their stories on the books. Mm. And those are, that's what, you know, I always say that if you don't have a mentor right now, the best mentor that you can have is actually in your books, right? 
because like even if people have been living uh they they died maybe 200 years ago mm. but they left like something on a book like for example marcus aurelius mm. and, and you know his famous book meditations you can learn about his mind onto his book so that's what I love the most about books. Yeah, I love that. I love that. another book that I can think of that I love. It's partly fiction, partly nonfiction. Is I Claudius? Okay, I never heard of that. What what is it? It's about um, Emperor Augustus. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. So he, he's um, apparently he's like a um, he has problem with his body. He has like. Um, like he can't walk properly, mm-hmm. but he eventually became a, uh, a emperor for like because something happened, something crazy happened. I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but something crazy happened, and then he's just like, "Oh, you're you're the emperor now." <laughs> <laughs> awesome! I gotta check it out, man. Oh, I yeah, for sure. That. It's by Robert Graves. Robert Graves. Okay, awesome. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I love that book. I mean, that's one of the books that I've read, and I'm like, I cannot. I literally cannot put it down. I couldn't put it down. It's just so good. But I always tell myself that, like, no, you cannot burn through it because you're gonna. It's it's just gonna be quick. You need to make it last. That feeling because once it's done, it's done. That's true. That's true. Uh, but you know, just if I can put my two cents in there, or at least what I've noticed by my experience is that I do it some. So I've got some. My top ten reading list of mm. the books that I read like the first the, for example the first book that I ever read about entrepreneurship is by uh, Napoleon Hill and it is Think and Grow Rich right so what I tend to do with my top 10 and foundational books I tend to read them and reread them throughout the years every year mm. and so what I've noticed about that is that whenever you do read a book and then you find yourself reading it again you extrapolate completely different informations because you are not standing at the same level that and same reality that you first read into when you read first the book right mm-hmm. so you want you like and it's so cool to see that every time I'm, I'm amazed to learn new different things from the same book and it's it's awesome I so it's that. very good yeah I, I love that perspective you know what you're right because good example the Godfather. I watched that when I was probably 10. I watched it when I was 20, 30. Every time I watch it, I see something else. You know, because like, I like what you said that in that when you watch it or you read something, you're on a different platform of your life and your perspective yeah. is different, you know? Yeah, yeah. Your knowledge, everything. So you, you extrapolate different, you know, different informations that are so... So so fascinating, man. Mm. That's how it is. Yeah, you're right. So let's go top three most influential books for yourself. Oh, okay, that's a tough one. Uh, most influential influential books. So Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Then we have uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki, and uh, it's a pretty powerful book in terms of finance and mindset about like the business world and how it works. And uh, also, this is tough. Um, I am going to say The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clarkson. And it's so good. And essentially, it's it's so good. And, it, you know, uh, it's a book about finance, but it's told in a way, uh, in a very unique way using history mm. so telling you about like uh babylonians and how they would manage their finances and so it's it's a pretty good book it's i highly recommend it if you haven't read it it's, it's this this thick mm-hmm. and it's awesome so it's not and so it, bad how like it's it's not a thick book no 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 it's it's mm. uh i have it there it's really cool so uh Probably 150 pages, not even, and it's so good. And mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll put an extra just because I I, I, I love it. It's the greatest uh, greatest salesman of the world by mm-hmm. Og Mandino. Still, it's a very small book. 
and probably those four books they they're a good foundation for uh uh for anyone really mm. thank you for that thank you for that so you're here for to talk about the immig- your immigration story so where were you born so i i was born in a, a small village southeast of rome italy mm. uh the name is uh, san cesario and uh you know when i was since a very young age my biggest dream was to emigrate to north america mm. and i didn't have like any seed in particular but the reason why that was my dream is because in italy we do have a lot of uh american movies right mm. and so i would see that you know all those inspiring movies and i would see that essentially they were selling me in a sense the american dream right okay you to be successful you gotta go to north america and then when you get to north america you can have the american dream right mm. so that was that was my thing and so you know uh i was always driven i was always a driven kid um uh, and like my for example my very first entrepreneurial experience was actually when i was uh, seven years old mm. and so my father he he does work uh, so now he drives uh, the garbage truck for the city he works for the city mm. and so he at the time he would be the man behind the truck actually getting down and, and, and get the garbage and, you know, unload it into the truck. And so at that time, it was the 90s. Uh, it was around like the end of the 90s, yes. And so he will get home. He will find a lot of, do you remember the kinder uh, uh, kinder collection from the 80s? They used to have like, from, from the Kinder Surprise, they used to have these, uh, the family of crocodiles or the family of koalas mm. and they were they they were uh, um action figures mm. for a collection and so i had 200 of them because Two, my father 200, would, 200. 200. <laughs> yeah so i had 200 of them and my father would uh you know bring them home every time he would bring me the kinder surprise and everything and so that summer i was seven years old so that summer i i actually made a stand a table stand mm. on like outside my house on a busy street and I will place these collection figures on the table, then with the table. And then I swear I would stop every single car <laughs> that it would pass by. And depending on the person in the car, I would change my script, mm. right? And I didn't know about the time. So when I think about it, I'm so amazed by it because let's say if he was a, an old lady, right? And I would say, hey, do you have any nephews, right? You're like, oh yeah, I'm actually going to to you know to go and visit them and play with them. Okay, great. I said, why don't you make them a surprise and maybe get two or three <laughs> small little toys for them, right? <laughs> so they can play with it. And they were one box each. So, anyways, long story short, um, I ended up selling them like all of it the summer, and I made like 200 bucks mm. in in the old lira, and uh, I bought a lot of ice cream and candies for me and my my friends. <laughs> Man, they must love you. <laughs> well, they they actually they actually helped me out, right? They 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 were there with me, and you know they, we were hanging out together on the table, having fun while I was you know selling people on the streets, and mm. uh, so it was that was cool. But anyways, you know, like I always had these uh these uh. I always try to to make myself feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, when I went to high school, fast forward, uh, like some years down the road, I went to high school and my background in high school is IT. So in Italy, the way the high school works is that the first two years you get, so we do 13 years in, in total, mm-hmm. five years elementary, three years middle school, five years high school. And so the first two years of high school, we do general studies. And then depending on the school that you've chosen, then you have a, you have two or three options to specialize in something. And so my case was IT, Internet Information Technology. So I did some coding and stuff like that. And, you know, I was uh, uh, going to school and, and I never thought of me actually like making it emigrating. So we do study English, but... We just take it as, uh, 
you know, just another subject, right? Just to make the, the to get the grade and then that's it because, uh, you know, we think, oh, you know, I'm never going to go out and I'm never going to need it. I'm never going to go out. I'm always going to stay here. I'm going to find a job that pays me well, that I can work with the computer, yada, yada, yada. And if I will go back, I will kick myself to death <laughs> for the thought. Uh, but anyways, so I always had this thing in my like, how can I get to North America, right? How can I do that? And so late in, in my teen um, teen years, I thought, why don't I go and learn how to make pizza? Mm. Like true Italian authentic pizza. So that if what I made do you think that? Well, because that was my my thought process about that. It was okay if I do learn how to make pizza, then I can find a place to work anywhere in the world, mm. and maybe that's gonna allow me to emigrate to North America, mm. right? And so I was going to to my last year of high school uh, in the morning, and then at six o'clock at night I was going to get my certification, uh, and I was being trained by. Uh, uh, this uh, master pizza chef that was living near my village. He's actually a world championship. His name is Luca. Mm. And so shout out I to was, Luca. Shout out to Luca. <laughs> Thank you, Luca. And uh, um, you know, it was just helping me out in the shop. I actually paid 800, 800 euro for the mm. certification. So I paid him to work for him. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Yeah, because is it a school or it's just a store? And he just took that eight hundred and so is is it is a, a pizza shop. Mm. But he he gave us two options. He says, okay, either we go and do it at the school, which is uh, a further away from your village, so you got to drive more, and we do it there, and we do it with more people, or we just do it three people into my shop. And you guys help me out with the shop. I'm like, you know what? I would, I would rather work with you in the shop so I can actually have some you know experience going with the customers rather yeah. than doing it at a school. Yeah. And so that's what we did. Anyways, long story short, uh, I took the certification in 2013. Um, I emigrated to Toronto. Uh, actually, what ticked me off was a guy that was living under the train station of Rome, and he actually had he had a master's degree in uh, uh, mechanic engineering, okay. and he was homeless. Mm -hmm. He didn't have nobody to take care of him. He couldn't even pay rent because he couldn't find a job. And so I'm like, you know what, man? Well, maybe I, I something happened too. No, he actually he actually was in the news and and, and he like he went to school. And I don't know what happened in the back in the background, but he he had no choice than to live in the streets because wow. usually what you do in Italy you live with your parents, even if you are 30, 35 years old, you live with your parents, stay at, at the parents' house, so you don't have to pay rent and all of the good stuff. But for his case, I don't know, maybe he didn't have any parents that would take care of him or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, I'm like, you know what, I need to get out of here i need to go in a country that um, allows for opportunities allows for uh, meritocracy even if you put a lot of work mm -hmm. i mean you know in italy you work hard for very like very hard for peanuts essentially they underpay you if you're lucky otherwise you know they don't even pay you right wow and so sorry, I'm like, sorry for cutting you off so you wanted to move but what's your parents opinion about this idea that's a good uh that's a good question so uh, i'm actually very lucky to have uh parents such as mine because you know i am 27 at the time i was uh as I, my father is he's like 50 years old right so he had me when he was 22 mm. so we always had more of a like friend and friend relationship rather than you know father and son right even if sometimes in Italy you know like old school if you, if you do something bad like they just I don't know they get like they you. Uh, the sleeper <laughs> or, or, or the flip-flop or the wooden spoon and stuff like that <laughs> so it's not like they don't call the kids in Italy they don't call the blue line or whatever like <laughs> nobody's gonna come <laughs> and help you and if they do come, they're gonna give you, they're gonna give you even the rest, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, so they were of course very sad. Uh, I've got two younger brothers. Actually, my brother is here with me in Vancouver now, uh, and, and my uh, the youngest of my brothers is back home. He's seventeen. He wants to also emigrate, but you know it wasn't easy for them. But they didn't say they didn't say, hey, no, 
right? I actually remember the day when I, when I told them that I decided to move to North America. I didn't ask them, hey, like, can I go there? No, I didn't ask them. I just say, hey, you know what? I want to speak with you guys. Let's sit down on the table. Uh, I just want to, you know, bring this up to you and I want to see what you think. And I hope that you give me your blessing. I, say, I know it's not going to be easy, but I think it's uh, it's going to be a great experience for me. And I say, you know what? At the end of the day, even if I go and I do fail and I come back, I said, I, you know, I've seen different things. I've seen a different culture. Maybe I learned like, you know, next um, English better. Mm. And I say, you know, at the end of the day, worst case scenario, you can always come back. I, I'm always, I know that you guys are always going to accept me with open ends, right? And so they were like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. And, and you know, my, my parents, they actually helped me out to uh, pay and finance a part of trip but mm. the rest of it for example the the pizza certification uh the insurance the passport the flight ticket i actually paid that with my own money so in the summertime i will pick up different uh odd gigs like landscaping or, <laughs> or cleaning up the, the neighbor uh, garden and throwing up stuff or uh moving right working oh, cash man moving Moving to working cash and, and and in Italy we all we all have all these big East European guys like moving the things right and I was like I mean I'm still a big guy but uh, nothing compared to these guys and mm. and uh, I was selling antivirus uh, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna say the name but I can tell you that it wasn't uh, uh, it was a pretty good license and I was mm. selling you know ant antivirus to uh, my friends, I was fixing computers. So I was always looking to do different things. And that's how I financed a big part of my trip because, mm. you know, my parents at the time, they didn't have a lot of money to give me. I mean, you know, I, I left, I left to Toronto alone without knowing anyone, without having any contacts at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, with $2,000 $2, in my pocket. Mm. And I need to sort it out like food. I need to sort it out like uh, a place to stay. And I need to find a job yeah. with with the limited English skills that I had at the time. So before you move to Toronto, yeah. first, I want to ask, why did you choose Toronto? That's a good question. So one of so one of the people that I knew back in my town, his brothers, so a friend of one of the people that I knew, his brother had a restaurant in Toronto. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go and talk to the guy and see if I can get a job with him. Right. And it was a pizza store. And that's why I went to Toronto. So I went there and uh, I actually got the job for 11, uh, for a mere <laughs> $11 per hour. Ooh, baller. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, like, you know, I was splitting wood outside a minus 45, you know, because you're from Montreal. So, uh, like, it's cold in the East Coast, right? I was mm -hmm. in Toronto. Plus, 2013 was the coldest winter after 50 years. So, like, it was, yeah, I'm like, good okay, timing. everywhere I go, I, in my head, I was like, okay, everywhere I go, then it, it's the worst of the worst. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, good. They're challenging me, right? I'm like, okay, this, even the weather is challenging me. Okay, I, I got to I gotta overcome this. And so I was splitting wood outside at minus 45 with my white T-shirt. And like literally splitting wood, the manager would come out and say, hey, we, we have a new order because I did finish the wood in the shop. So I'm like, okay, I got to split the wood outside. What do you mean splitting wood? Like, so this place, um, this place used to buy, to, to save money, used to buy like big logs of wood. Okay. Like this thick, this thick. Mm -hmm. And so we had this machine that you would like pull, uh, pull the lever and then like an axe would go in and it would split yeah. the big thing. So What's that's the wood how for? For the fire oven, wood fire oh, oven. Oh, okay. All right. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Okay. We use the wood fire oven. So I needed the wood to make the pizza, right? It's not like gas or anything. So it's like Neapolitan style pizza with the wood fire oven. And so that's how I migrated to, to Toronto. And, uh, you know, I went to the guy, asked him for a job. He was speaking Italian. And I remember, you know, it was an open kitchen. So I remember actually customers coming to me after I made them the pizza. And they would talk to me, but I didn't understand what they were saying. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I, I, I just can't disappear. Otherwise, I'm going to look like an asshole. And I got to make sure that they, they understand that I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so what I would do is I would look I would look in the eye 
in their eyes, I would nod and I would smile. And then I would pretend I was busy. <laughs> and then you go, como se dice? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, the other guy. So that's it's... Uh, Man, that's hard work, dude. Yeah, it's... Uh, it was hard, but you know, it, like... It was, a, it was a very good experience. Like, I grew up so much. And, uh, you know, even if it was painful, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, I would do it a thousand times again. Mm. Where were you staying? Where did you stay when you landed in Toronto? Good question. So, the guy, the guy who had the pizza shop, he hooked me up with this person who had a house. And I just rented a room for, like, I don't even remember, like, for very three four hundred dollars or something like that for the whole month mm. and then uh so i stayed there for a few weeks and uh, and then yeah and then i actually it's it's a long story but you know i went i went to toronto with a friend of mine like that i knew after like a long time like 11 12 years mm. and, and what happened is after a month we actually so we went to the person stayed for i think a few weeks Then we found a, a basement just for me and him. We were sharing, and I think we were paying like almost a thousand dollars a month. It was back in 2013. And so, you know, we were splitting 500, 500. And, uh, you know, we could make it work because we were getting paid $11 per hour mm. and to work 30 hours a week. So, nothing. Like, we were making barely like <laughs> the payment of the rent and some food. And, the water's ready. Yeah. <laughs> You're dropping. And, and this guy, But he, he, he quit. After a month, he wanted to go back to, to Italy. He Ooh. didn't care about like the six month lease. Uh, and he was a really good friend of mine. And so, uh, yeah, he went back. Uh, you know, I'm not in a good relationship with him anymore because of it. Mm. Even though, you know, I'm not, I don't know, grudges. I mean, you know, after I went back to Italy, I, I said hi to him and uh, uh, he didn't say hi back to me. So, mm. I always try to be, you know, the better person and with yeah. holding grudges. And uh, and I was lucky that this lady, which was a friend of, so Elizabeth, her name, mm. which was a friend of my friend and that we found out she was living in Toronto. Mm. She actually was able to break the lease with my landlord. Oh, thank you. And she actually she actually made, uh, made me go to live with her and mm. her husband. And it was in Richmond Hill, which was an hour and a half away in transit, in transit, <laughs> almost two hours away in transit from where I used to work. Mm. And so she says, you come and live here. I'm not going to ask you anything for rent uh, just so that you can save, you know, good amount of money so that you can get back up. We're not wow. going to charge you anything for for eating, for anything. And, you know, they, they uh, her and his husband, they smoke cigarettes. So I would buy them, you know, uh, packs of cigarettes mm. or, you know, for example, sometime I would invite them to the restaurant. You know, I did things like that. I would help a lot in the house, taking care of the garden, doing dishes, like setting up the table, whatever, like anything that needed to happen. Right. And so, wow. you know, I'm so grateful for, 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 uh, for them. I mean, I'm no one to them. Mm -hmm. I'm no one. Nobody. Shout out and to they, Elizabeth, man. Yeah. They they actually, you know, did that. And it was hard because I had to travel two hours to go to work. And, and like going and coming. That's four then, hours total. Yeah, four hours total a day. Ooh, and so and so like a lot of times, listen to this, a lot of times I needed to go to so I had to take the subway in Toronto. Then I had to go to the end of the line. Then so I had to take a streetcar. Then I, I need to go to the, to the subway. Subway, I, I would go at the end of the line. Then I would need to take another bus. Mm. And the last bus, the last run that they would do, it was at 11 or 7 at night. I still remember this. And most of times I would finish work at 11. So I would, I would be able to go to the end of the line of the subway, but I still needed to travel like almost a hour with the bus. Ooh. So for not paying the taxi because I didn't have a lot of money, mm. right? Otherwise I would pay 50, 70 bucks. And I mean, if I paid the taxi for 70 bucks, <laughs> then why did I even go to work? You know what I mean? <laughs> like $11. And so I would walk. I would mm. walk like, you know, halfway. Mm. And, then I would, and then I would take the taxi. 
So it wasn't easy, you know. It was a lot of a lot of times it happened because I would just finish uh, late, and and so I did that, that story for like five months. Wow! So why so, did you did you not think of finding a job close to your residence? I wasn't uh, I wasn't confident about to do that because I didn't know I didn't speak English well, and you know, like a lot of the team members into the restaurant were mostly Italians, so mm-hmm. I could speak Italian, right? And so. That's what I stayed and and the reason why I didn't find something closer is because that place told me that they were going to sponsor me. Okay. And to stay in Canada. And, and long story short, they lied to me. So uh listen to this, dude. So working holiday visa, getting paid for six months on, on the pay stub. So that's what we have to work as Italian, six months. Now things have changed, but anyways. And, you know, when I started to work in April 2013 in that place, they're like, oh, yeah, we've sent the application. You're good to go. Now we just need to wait for the answer, right? So then I will work, I will work, I will work. After six months, I can't work anymore because the the the, the uh, working holiday, the work inside of it would expire and then the tourist side of it will start for the mm-hmm. other six months. And these guys are like, oh, don't worry about it. Um Uh, you know, like the Canadian rules say that, you know, if you do send a sponsorship during the working uh, the working holiday visa side of things, you have the extension. You don't have to worry about you. Gotta, you know, you can still wait and work. So anyways, another five months go by. So after 11 months, it was right before uh, Christmas time and my birthday, because my birthday is the 28th of December. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, They told me, that, and I was getting, I was paying taxes actually. I was getting paid the pay stuff. So I, I, it wasn't like they were paying me cash or anything. And so I, w- you know, I could ask myself, I was actually, I was actually trusting them because, okay, you know, they've been here longer than me mm-hmm. and they're Italians and all of the stuff. So, you know, I can trust them. And, uh, anyways, uh, um, December before Christmas, they told me that, uh, they didn't accept me. And then later on, down the road when I go to Australia and um, I I apply for my permanent residency, residency through my wife, I found out from the lawyer that they never applied for anything. Oh, my God. Because she asked me, okay, can you tell me more about the The lawyer told me, can you tell me more about the visa that they applied for when you were working there? I'm like, you know you know what? I don't trust these people. Can we do something to find out? She's like, yes, we're going to ask, uh, we're going to require the government and the border to disclose all the applications that they were done previously. Mm. And they got back to us with nothing. So they lied to me. And, uh, but that's, that's how I met my, my wife. Mm. Uh, you know, I left that place and I was working somewhere else. I actually went back to Italy and, uh, um, let's just slow down a little bit. I just have a few more questions about that yeah, place. Sure. Because that's a beautiful and heartbreaking story. And it's a great example of an immigrant story. That you are getting stringed along by these people that you trust. And not, and then in the end, for the lack of a better word, you get fucked in the ass. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's it. And wow. I did a pay, getting, you know, they would pay me 11 bucks per hour. That's, that's I mean, right. there are people that needs to be buried under the prison those people are evil people yeah. that's evil they knew they knew what they're doing to you yeah they knew they were like 45 years old or 40 years old and you know i'm like a young buck mm-hmm. uh you know 18 years old fresh off the boat literally and mm-hmm. you know they took advantage of me yeah. and they 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 like i wasn't no one i mean i was i was introduced by to him by his brother Mm. right so they're, they're not even like paying more attention to me like oh this guy knows my brother and you know like i want to make sure that they eat like you know we don't do a, a, a you know a shitty figure or whatever you want to say like we don't do a bad impression with them or whatever oh my god these people so while that's happening we haven't even talked about you feeling homesick yeah yeah so i yeah <laughs> Fuck, man, you're just pulling out very good questions. Uh, yeah, and the bad part is that I had to lie all the time to my parents about it because my mom would, you know, like in Italy, we are mama boys, right? They, yeah. <laughs> so so my mom would just call me every single day, how things going, how's everything, and, then, you know, 
I had to just pretend I was good. I, 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 I was smiling and say, Hey mom, everything is fine. Not to make it worry. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and actually when I lost, um, when I went to Toronto, I waited, um, like 123 kilos, which is, I think 280 pounds or, or something like that, mm-hmm. or even almost 300 pounds. I was huge, man. Huge. <laughs> Like a freaking rhino. Like I, I gotta show you some picture. Like he'll be. I w- I, have, I have this picture of me peeking from the cherry tree, and I was fucking huge. Oh huge. wow! Uh, I mean, I'm still big today, but nothing compared to back then. Mm-hmm. And so I go to Toronto, and I'm working, and I've got all this stress going on and all this stuff. And now all of a sudden, I I weigh 93 kilos, so I lost 70 pounds. So mm-hmm. I weigh like 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. I went all the way down to 200 pounds. Now I'm bigger. I'm 240 right now because, you know, I got married, the kids, and you know how it is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not your case, but <laughs> for no. the rest of us <laughs> who don't have your amazing gene, my friend. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but, so, so you mentioned that did you go to Australia or you went back to Italy? Good question. So... I went back to Italy first okay. for two, two months, and uh, just because I had I have found another job that said, "Hey, you know what? Like we like how you work. We want to sponsor you, right?" So mm. I didn't have the visas. The visas, so I had to go out the country and oh. wait for these guys to say, "Hey, you know, like we're moving things along. Come back. We're going to lawyer and stuff like that." Mm. And uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, I got introduced to my wife from my old co-workers from that place because we were still friends right and you know my wife she used to work in the front of the house as a you know waitress mm-hmm. and uh we were introduced because we have the same birthday so we're bo- mm-hmm. born the 28th of december and uh and that's how we got introduced and so you know i was working at then i got back i was living with her and uh, we were living together and uh yeah because i mean i was paying like 1200 dollars a month and she's like oh why don't you come and you know sleep with me i've got my roommate we can share split three ways and uh, so that's what we did and i stayed with her for a few months and then what happened the rest the new restaurant where i was getting sponsored they've sold and you know like they've changed uh, the agenda with me oh, so you know God. i went through that too and uh you know, talking to her, talking to, to my girlfriend at the time, to Jamie, uh, we were like, you know, we were in love. And so we had two options, either going back to, to Italy, where mm-hmm. I could maybe, maybe work, uh, find a job that would pay me, or find a place that both of us would be able to work. And, you know, we had a couple of friends moving to Australia with a working holiday visa that used to work with us. So we're like... Why don't we go with them? And so we applied for the working holiday visa, paid $500 each. After three hours, they gave us the visa. And now all of a sudden, we're going to Australia in October. <laughs> <laughs> My so, God, that was quick. <laughs> and so our first stop was in Sydney. And, you know, we went to Sydney. Uh, and it was a long, long flight, man. Oh my God, it was 20, 20 hours. <laughs> Why was, is it long, by the way? Well, because you, you got you to gotta, uh, split it first. So either um, you go to, to Dubai or you go to Qatar or you go to Manila. Mm-hmm. And then you stay there for a day, a few hours. And then you got to make the second half of the trip. Oh, okay. right. So it's, it's just too far away. It's just too far away. Like not even in the boonies, man. It's It's... Some, completely somewhere else and so mm-hmm. we go to sydney and uh that was a very a very very uh, hard challenge mm-hmm. because again i had to start everything from zero right so i started from zero in rome then i started from zero in toronto then now i'm starting from zero in sydney again no contacts only my friends gotta find a job gotta find a house like same process mm-hmm. um how was your how was your english then Oh, better, better, better okay. way better. Yeah, you know, my wife, she's Canadian, so I, I spoke English with her. I mean, I still have my accent. I don't want to get rid of it, you know. Never. People like my accent. That's and your that, spice. That's, that's exactly, my friend. That's, <laughs> you know, that's me. I spice all the conversations. <laughs> I, so it's it's fun, right? Um, 
And so, yeah, it was good. Um, we were living close to the airport in Sydney. I think the, 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 it was called Zet, it is called Zetland and hmm. Alexandria. So it's a small like neighborhood uh, south of uh, the downtown Sydney, close to the airport. And uh, there was actually this gastropub opening right down like next block. So it was a very residential area with, uh, you know, some shops and stuff. It was really neat. So I go there and I go there and I pitch myself first. I'm like, hey, man, I've seen that you guys are looking for a kitchen help. I know how to make pizza. I know that you guys open. Are you looking for any help? The manager manager said yes. I said, hey, by the way, do you have any spot? Are you looking for uh, somebody in the front of of the house? Yes. Why? I said, well, my my girlfriend, she's looking for a job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I sold both of us as a package, right? This guy. <laughs> so es- essentially, like, you know, fast forward, we spent two, uh, two years in Australia and we always, always work together. Me in the back, her in the front, and I will use that as a, as a unique selling proposition. Hey, you get me, you also get my, <laughs> my girlfriend <laughs> in the front, so you're good. Two better than one. And so, yeah, you know, uh, after a week, I got promoted from making pizza. I got promoted to the fryer. Then from the fryer, after a couple of weeks, I got promoted to the grill. And then from the grill, I got, got promoted as a sous chef. Hmm. And so, like, I was able to make a meal for 200 people alone on Sundays. Uh, pizza, salad, pasta, like everything by myself. And it was a lot. Machine. Was a lot. And so, yeah, it was fun, man. Love Sydney. Um you know, and then, you know, stay there for six months. Uh, what's so weird, by the way, like Christmas is different there, right? So it's it's not, it's very hot. Mm. Like you do Christmas in, 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 on the beach with Santa's head. I'm like, okay, no, this is not for me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a winter boy. Like I like cold, I like winter. Mm. And so that was very nostalgic. And uh, yeah, after Sydney, after six months, we moved down to Melbourne uh, for another six months. Why? Just because the working holiday visa in Australia allows you to work for a full year, okay. but after six months you need to change uh, your employer. I don't oh, know. That's okay. the rule that they've got. So we're like, you know what? Let's go and live in another city. So again, we started from zero in Melbourne. Oh my god! <laughs> and I actually, so I actually bought, I so I bought this car in Sydney mm-hmm. for sixteen hundred dollars. It was a, a minivan, so I could do the move. I actually drove me, my wife, and, and all, like all the stuff in, in, in that we had in the house in the van. Mm-hmm. So for 12 hours from Sydney to Melbourne with the van, then got to Melbourne and sold the van for $2,000. Oh, my God, this guy. Who did, how did you sell it? On on the classifieds. Oh, I just wow. used it for the move, right? Because I didn't want to pay. I didn't want to pay money for for rent the truck and stuff. Mm. You know, like I yes, I got a car. I moved, used it a little bit, then sold Man. it for more money than I bought it. I admire you. Thank you. And so that was fun. And uh, you know, in Melbourne, I was managing three different pizza shops. I I, I had a really great job. Um, you know, after six months. I also needed to go to college to be able to stay in the country, right? Because I, I, I knew that I was applying for my permanent residence in 2015 and that will come late in 2016. So I'm like, you know what? Like, I need to find some way to 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 wait till 2016, right? In Australia? Working. Yeah, so I was in Australia, but I was applying for the PR in Canada. Oh, okay. My wife. So I was in touch with uh, Canadian lawyers. And so we would have meetings at 12 o'clock at night. And so, you know, at the end of 2015, we're like, okay, we got to stay another year here. How are we going to do that? Right. And so what I do, we were in a commolo, me, me uh, and my wife now, but I went to apply for a college mm. because if you do apply for a college, you can work, uh, your spouse has an open permit and you can essentially, you got to go to college and you can work 20 hours. So... That's what I was doing. I went to college as a digital media, so I got my uh, uh, I got my certification. And by the way, I didn't finish high school. <laughs> so when I left to Toronto, 
that was three months before my uh, final exam. Mm. And I was top of the class. So I'm like, you know what? I'm done with you guys. I got to get out of here. Goodbye. And your parents and, allowed you, eh? Yeah. And I told them, you know what? I said, worst case scenario, I can come back. I can go and finish high school. God bless those parents, man. Yeah. Uh, and so I went to, I'm telling you this, because I couldn't apply for the college. Hmm. Because I didn't have the uh, uh, the high school diploma. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, how, how can I do this? How can I do this? How can I do this? <laughs> right? And I'm, I'm like, how can I do this? And I remember that in, in Italy, they give you uh, a diploma uh, of middle school. Mm. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to apply with that one. <laughs> so that what I did is uh, <laughs> I applied with my middle school diploma. And uh, they said, yeah, sure. Come. What school and learn. is this that just takes whatever paper? <laughs> <laughs> and so so uh i didn't even have to 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 translate anything mm -hmm. so i i got my uh, what i call it my uh revenge in terms of you know now i can say hey i've got the college <laughs> i've got the college certification but without high school <laughs> 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 and so so that was fun and uh, you know in 2016 i i got my pr in october And that's when we came back to Vancouver because my wife, she, she was living in Toronto at the time, but she's born and raised uh, in Vancouver. Mm. And so we knew, you know, my family man, uh, you know, she also wanted to have a family that, that was her dream. And so we said, you know what? My parents are back home. If we got to put a family together and, and grow a family, we might need some help. So it makes, it makes more sense to actually move to Vancouver mm. so that we have her parents close to us. And I mean, they've been such a great, uh, you know, help. I mean, family, like, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Family is so important. So, That's what I tell young people that starting a family, that want to start a family. I say, if your partner is not good with your, with her family or his family, you got to think about it because yeah. you're going to need that family. I promise you that. Yeah, mm. no, you, I mean, I wouldn't be here without them, right? I mean, they, you know, like always, always ready, always willing, always, you know, going the extra mile for, for me, uh, for, for uh, um, you know, their daughter. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, we get back in 2016 in Vancouver and I am working now in this pizza shop in Vancouver in 2016. Mm. And so early 2017, this place where I was working at, they had three different pizza locations. They had a new concept on one of the locations. And we were making pizza like we do it in Rome, like mm. uh, pizza by selling pizza by the, the, the slice oh, okay. on trays. And so uh, long story short, I was working 12 hours a day. Ooh. And the, the store was selling like... $45 at the end of the day. Why? Like nothing. Lack of customers, my friend. Um. They, it was a new place. They were not doing marketing. And so long story short, the owner had to, had to sell the place for half the amount of money that he actually Ooh. paid for. And so that was such a painful process to go through as an employee. That Because, I mean, I lost, you know, yes, I was working 60 hours a week, right? Even more. And in the hospitality industry, you get like what you get, $18 per hour, $20 per hour. If, if you get 20, you're lucky. If you get more, even, even more lucky. Mm. And so you got to work more hours because you don't even get, uh, in the hospitality industry, a lot of people don't know this, uh, the people that are custom with the corporate world, like you don't get, uh, you don't get uh, uh, the overtime. Mm. You don't get overtime. So even if you work 60 hours a week and at the end of the month, you work 250 hours, you don't get any overtime, still mm -hmm. normal pay. So you got to work a lot. Anyways, I'm telling you this because when the rest of that place failed, now my salary was cut in half. Of course. Again, right? And so I didn't know better at the time. So I'm looking at reasons why the place failed. And it felt because lack of marketing, they... They were not getting in new clients. The product, the product was excellent, mm -hmm. but if you don't get customers into the door first, you, you're not going to retain them long term, right? Mm -hmm. And one analogy that I always use is, if you're giving, even if you're giving away free gold, and nobody knows, you're not going to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. 
which is not a bad thing too, right? Because mm -hmm. you, you still have the gold, but just for, for the sake of the example. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to learn more about marketing, like reading books, watching videos, taking mentorships, talking to people, uh, doing some pro bono work with other restaurants just because I didn't want nobody else mm. to go through what I went through. Because if, if it was so painful for me as an as a, uh, employee, I can't imagine what it is like. Now I, I can't imagine because, you know, I run my a business, mm. actually more businesses, but, and, and now I know, but, you know, I didn't want nobody else to go through the process. And, and, and so I decided that marketing was the actual, like, what decided between your business being successful and not su successful. Of course, there is more to it, right? Like mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta give great service. You gotta give, you know, good quality. You gotta make sure that the customers are happy. But you also need to get the customer first. Mm -hmm. And so, in 2017, I started Local Asset, which is now uh, right now a client acquisition agency, and we do help businesses to acquire clients on demand with our client acquisition systems. And, you know, I started as a side hustle, like working in the pizza shop and working in the hospitality industry, in the restaurant, and then a night or every single moment that I have free, it, was, it would, sp be sp uh, would be spent on learning, you know, to become better and how mm -hmm. to serve better those potential clients and my clients. You know, I didn't go to school for marketing. I'm just a, I'm just a self-taught entrepreneur. Wow. I don't have an MBA. I don't have anything. And I just have the mindset, right? That's amazing. I mean, so you didn't go to school for that, but you started the business. And can you explain how, how does your business work? Like, how do you get your clients and what do you do for them exactly? Good question. So, um, the way so the way that we are able to get clients for our clients is using social media. And the good thing about social media nowadays is that people disclose their information. Hey, I am the owner of this pizza shop, or hey, I am uh, the financial advisor for that. So depending on who they're looking for. There are ways, there are very accessible ways using social media to get access to their potential clients, right? And so the way that we help them to get those clients is to set up their business for marketing, like making sure that they have, they can gain business with a free promotion. Hmm. And, and that's the biggest mistake that I see nowadays on social media is that everybody's trying to make the pitch. For the premium stuff, no, it doesn't work like that. Mm. If you go to Costco, if you go to Costco and you go in and you've noticed that at the end of each aisle, you've got ladies or, or gentlemen uh, giving you free stuff, right? A free sample. Why do they give you that? Because they want to make sure that you try it, that you taste it so that you're, you get hooked, mm -hmm. right? Oh, that product is so good. Next time I go, I'm going to buy it. And maybe next time it's in sale, so then I buy more. Right. Mm. It's, it's like, it's like when you grow in the streets, like, you know, I, I, in Italy, you, you grow up in the streets. So you gotta, you gotta, you know, fend for yourself. You need to understand what's good, what's not good. You need to understand when, to, when to stand up and you need to understand when you need to stay away. Right. Mm. And in Italy, like in any, you know, not first, uh, first, uh, world country, the way that, you know, they sell weed, marijuana, crack, Coke, whatever you want to call it, mm. is they give you examples. Hey, I'm, I'm smoking this. Try it. Oh, man, that's good. I want some, right? Mm. So same concept. <laughs> so if it works, it, literally, if it works for pushers, why cannot work for your business? Yeah. Right? And so that's why uh, with Logal Asset, we, we do free marketing plans. And there is, on, there, there is a reason why we do that. And, you know, the, the reason behind it is that, first of all, it gives us a chance to prove the potential client that we know what we're talking about. And it is something that is custom to that. So even if they have no budget or they've got a small budget or they've got a bigger budget, 
then that plan is made for their situation. So regardless of where they are, they're going to be able to, if they want, and if they're willing to put the, the time and the work on it, which they should, they can do it. They can either, you know, you use them themselves. They can go and take somebody else's, or maybe they can get us. And that's what happens. You know, they say, hey, man, you know what? This person puts so much work into us for free, never asked anything in return. He, I think he is the man to do this job. And that's how we get clients. We actually build our clients. We, we don't go out there and say, hey, man, click this link and, and you know, swipe your credit card. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's grassroots. It's, it's very, it's very, they say, oh, you know, every, it's funny that everybody says, oh, you know, I'm special. My business is different. No, your business is not fucking different. <laughs> what you do with your business is different, but the foundations are the same. Like yeah. you're selling something in exchange of money. Mm-hmm. And how do you sell something? Giving away something for free that has no, no cost or very little cost to you. Mm. It's very simple. Yeah. And nowadays it's very it's very important to use social media with the concept because and I know we're running out of time, but I think this thing is very important, is that Oh, it's okay, we have time. It's thank you. It's uh um the, if you know how to leverage it, if you know how to use it, social media is very powerful. Mm. Simply because the game doesn't have to be different. The game it's always the same. It is how you play the game that changes your outcomes. Right. So if you go and play bas- basketball, mm. the foundations are all the same. You got to dribble, you got to shoot. Right. Those mm-hmm. are the, you got to walk, you got to run, you got to whatever. Mm-hmm. You got you can dunk. It's very simple, black and white. Then if you get a Michael Jordan that can dunk from, you know, uh, basket to basket, that's a whole different thing. But still, the rules are the same. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the reason why I stress this is because when it comes to social media, people say, oh, you know, social media, I need to send links. I got to do No, social media is there because it gives you access with few clicks to the people that you wouldn't even know they would be your potential clients. For example, if you go and walk into a conference or if you go and walk into a networking event of a thousand people and you do know that in, into the networking event, maybe, maybe, there might be some potential clients, maybe two, three, five, ten, right? And let's say the event goes on for three hours. What is the chance that you can find those ten people into the thousand people in three hours to talk about? Make sure that they like you, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, 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 I gotta like you up front, otherwise I'm not <laughs> gonna talk to you. Yeah. Or if I do talk to you, I'm gonna tell you the f off in a very nice way, <laughs> right? What's the chance? The chance is, is close to none, right? Mm-hmm. Agree. But let's say you know who your clients are, right? And you know what kind of interest they have. Now, you don't have to go to a conference. You can just sit back, go on your Facebook, go on your LinkedIn, go on your Instagram, depending on what kind of potential clients you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you search keywords that are related to your potential clients. Right. So, for example, if I have a restaurant, what I would do is I would go into Facebook and and search community groups, or search search pages, or search anyone who owns a restaurant, who's a foodie, who's a food blogger, anything related to that. So that you know, when I see oh this person is a food blogger because he's into this Facebook group for food bloggers, I'll send him a message. I'll let him a friend request. Hey man, you know I've noticed that you are a food blogger. I love to run something something by you. Are you open to connect sometime this week? They're not going to say no. They're now like, like nine out of 10, they're going to say yes, because they're interested about what you've got to tell them. Hmm. So now what you do is you set up a time to speak with them, like something similar like we're doing. And you can say, hey, you know, hey, John, thank you so much for coming on the call. I just uh, uh, really appreciate your time. And I just want to run this idea by you. And I want to pick your brain on it. You know, I want your honest opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, man. Go ahead. Oh, you know what? I've got a restaurant and, uh, you know, I make pizza, make five pizza, and uh, I'm looking to get more clients. So I was thinking, since you're a food blogger and you've got an audience of 20,000 people on your blog, why don't you come and try um, a dinner on me at my place? And then maybe if you like it, you can make a post on it on your blog. 
Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? So see what happened. Oh, so you it. came up, right? It, there is a free exchange right here. Hey, come to my place. I'll feed you for free. If you like it, then I would appreciate if you do the review. Mm. Guess what? The person is not gonna say no for a dinner for two for free, right? <laughs> if I get that invitation, I, I, I go to my wife. Hey, let's go out to this place. You know, we got a pizza, we got a beer, we got a wine, right? My wife is gonna love it. Yeah, of course. Happy wife, you know, happy life, right? You know. <laughs> so I that's how it. everybody should do business, man. Like that's how, you know, you need to have something for free to give away, right? And that's how you will be successful. Like think long term. Mm. think two years from now think next year from now think five ten years there are a lot of people that that that, that are you know working on on making money like yesterday right now give me money where's your credit card <laughs> oh hold on you didn't even tell me what you what you can do for me mm. no, no don't worry about it i'll show you later give me your credit card right it doesn't work it. like that i love it i love you focus on relationship i don't care about your ten dollar now I want that one million at the end when you're successful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like it's it's at the end of the day, everybody's going after the door, right? Of course. Money. But there are again, there are ways and ways to go about it. Mm-hmm. And that's just person. that's just a, a, a that's that's just a, a, a you know byproduct mm-hmm. of what you're giving mm-hmm. because essentially what it, like. The way that everybody can be successful at anything is if they've got the eye to spot problems and create a solution for it. Mm. Because if there is a problem and you can create a solution, you can create demand. And if you can create demand, you have the supply for it. Mm-hmm. And you use money as exchange. Mm. That's awesome, man. That's, a, that's excellent, bro. That's excellent. I love it. I love <laughs> it. I mean, uh, I admire you, to be honest. I admire you. So... We're getting there, but I have one more question to ask you. 100%. You've been in the darkest dungeons of life, and you survived them all. So can you give the listeners any advice on how to face life's struggles? Okay, that's a very good question. Um, It depends on each different person because... The way that I was able to to overcome those challenges is because I didn't have anything to lose. Mm. Really, I didn't have anything, right? Didn't have a family at the time. I didn't have, uh, you know, a girlfriend in the beginning, right? So I had nothing to lose, and I knew that I could go out of my zone of comfort as much as I wanted, because at the end of the day, I could always go back to. You know, my parents. So I had that kind of stability, right? So that mm. that was also inf- uh, uh, influencing my decisions. Uh, but just, just, you know, just do things. Don't think too much about it. Uh, use your gut a lot. Like, use your gut. Like, your gut is never going to lie to you. Uh, show up. Uh, you know, commit. Keep going. Uh, everybody's going to have shitty days. Uh, it's just a matter. Everybody's going to make mistakes. And the winner is going to be the person who was able to deal in a specific way with those mistakes. Right? Everybody makes mistakes. Uh, I've been coaching some clients as well for, you know, to build their business. Hmm. And what I tell them is that there are some uh, limiting beliefs everybody has especially if you come from uh more conventional conventional country and more close-minded hmm. is that they for example there is this thing that that i call the scale of success and failure so everybody think that you know there is you then on one side there is failure and one side there is success it's not like that that's bullshit Okay, so that's just our parents telling us that that's how it is. It's there is a different way, right? Mm. That's what they told me. So I know I am talking by experience, but there is a different way. Mm. So on the scale of success and failure, there is you in the beginning, and there is failure, 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 and then there is success, mm. right? 
Wise word from a wise man. Again, Carlo, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it and it's a privilege to have you on as a guest. Thank, thank you. you. I'm honored and uh, you know, I hope that what we spoke about today can inspire, you know, somebody else to to you know, go harder, try harder, do different things, take courage to do things that maybe they were not able to do before. And uh, you know, I mean, if I if I could do it, then everybody can do it. And that's why, like, when I see people that are local here and they waste, you know, opportunities, I get so mad because I'm like, man, I came from, you know, <laughs> halfway the world without speaking a word of English. I came here, I did all of this, mm. and I'm still going. I still I still have to start. And you're not able to do the, the, the same thing. Just, you know, like, push. You can do it. Like, we believe in you. And, mm. I mean, this year I actually got nominated to be – um the best uh, immigrant entrepreneur in BC mm. for 2021. Congratulations. So, thank you. I, I, I didn't get the award yet, but I got no. Oh, you're getting so. it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, uh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So, Aaron, it was a pleasure. Thank mm. you so much. I had such a great time. I know I did most of the talking. Let me As, tell you that you are the guest. Let me tell you that you asked so many great questions and. Uh, oh, yeah, so, you know, I, I love what you're doing and I hope that we can shed light to people's stories to inspire others. Mm, thank you, sir. Have a good evening. Thank you. You do. Again, Carlo, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for continued listening. This is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.